And I'm hoping that you'll also weigh in on that discussion on uh, the State of the Nation address by the President. It's 19 minutes after 8 o'clock. I'm joined on the line by John Ludlow, he's executive, um, executive for Strategy and Public Affairs at the Small Business Institute. We'll also be speaking to Sandy Lezung, President of the Black Business Council. And I'm hoping that intermittently you can be part of that conversation as you, um, as you listen to their interpretations, their opinions. Perhaps you might be wanting to join us in this conversation. John Lulu joins me now. And as I said, he's Executive for Strategy and Public Affairs at the Small Business Institute. Uh, good evening to you, John. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Yes, I was on ticket to uh, Lotan. Uzim Uzim Namandla Upalabalu Upalabalu Sandile Zungu is also my guest, president of the Black Business Council. Uh, Sandile, thank you very much, sir, for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Much Audrey. appreciated. Good Look, evening, John. Yeah, let me. Yeah, John. Uh, I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. Sorry, I hadn't uh, pre- pressed the right button. John, the president is going to be on the spot in so many different ways tomorrow. Uh, he is, uh, for the first time, standing as a president who's legitimately elected as the president of the Republic of South Africa. I say this because his last portion of the term was really in a caretaker position. He was really looking after the uh, term of one Jacob Zuma's tail end of uh, of that presidency. Uh, now he stands as a fully fledged, properly uh, elected president uh, at this point. What should we be expecting from a president uh, that I would imagine is in a more legitimate position than he per- perhaps was last year, a few months ago. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Aubrey, for inviting uh, us to contribute to this uh, conversation. Sure. You are right. So let me take the opportunity to congratulate him again. I have We have written to him as a small business institute congratulating him on his win as uh, our next democratically elected president. Um so there are two issues. The first one is long-term issues. The second one are like short-term issues. We are in a crisis. So my column today in Business Day was about those short-term issues that cannot wait for another two months, three months. They actually have to be resolved within three months. Let me talk about the first set of issues, which is long-term. Mm. The National Development Plan talks about an aspiration for us as a country that we aspire that in 2030, 90% of all new jobs should come from the small business, uh, the, uh, the small business um, segment of the economy. Yet our research shows that in the we have about 267,000 companies in South Africa that are formally registered uh, with the revenue service with the unemployment insurance fund, which means that they are employing uh, people and they're also paying taxes, which yeah. is significant. Yeah. Yet, of all those companies, <clears throat> 98% are classified as small and medium-sized enterprises. Yet, they contribute only 28% in the employment full in the employment uh, of the country, yeah. which means that we are underperforming. Because if you look at other countries uh, across the world, including tier economies, uh, 
they are contributing small business uh, segment contributes upwards of ninety percent. What what should so the president say are, about yeah, that? Yeah. What do you think the president should be saying about that very real and scary reality? I think the president should uh, start off by acknowledging that we have a policy. We have a plan. It's called the National Development Plan. It is supported by two-thirds majority of the parties that are represented in Parliament today. Yeah. It needs a bit of tweaking, but it needs to be implemented. How do we get there? There are a few things that he can agency do within the next three months. Can I just mention two? Sure. Okay. The first one is, can the state sector, uh, state-owned enterprises, government departments, and big business, pay small businesses, small suppliers uh, to their businesses on time. Mm. There is absolutely nothing wrong and nothing impossible about paying upon submission of invoice within 30 days. Yes. In fact, in the UK, it's criminal to not uh, to do this uh, within a few, a few days. Yeah. Secondly, the other thing is, uh, for all the new laws that are being contemplated, who do please just apply Section 18 of the Small Business uh, Development Act. What it says is, it says that for every law, new policy, new regulation that is incomplete, contemplated by government, we have to assess the impact of what this law will do to the small business segment of the economy. So let me give you an example. Uh, It's a very extreme example. Every year for the last 25 years, we have been passing and uh, adopting the budget, the national budget. Yes. But no one says what is the impact of this national budget on the small business segment of the economy. If we take it seriously, we should actually have this impact assessment. <laughs> All right, let's bring Sandile Zungu into the conversation. Sandile, what do you believe the president should focus on in his uh, State of the Nation address? And I'm hoping that it shouldn't be just a matter of words that are spoken, but uh, implementable, practically implementable things. Uh, what, do you, what do you hope to hear from the president? Well, I must, I must tell you, the, the piece that uh, Don uh, wrote for the Business Day today is really... Uh, quite a seminal piece in yep. of what um, needs to be done in the short term, and it's a, it's a very beautiful point of departure. Yeah, even for ourselves at the Black Business Council, uh, we agree uh, to a large extent with um, its it positive, as it were. Um, simply because we also believe in the Black Business Council that um, the, the the SME sector um, holds the key for employment creation in this country. It also holds a key for uh, mass participation in growing the economy. Uh, however, as a country, uh, from colonial times to apartheid days, uh, we have tended to hero worship what is big, um, what we call um, jamboism. Mm. Hero worship it. What is big seems better. Um, yet, throughout the world, um, the developing economies where there's a symbiotic relationship between big business and small business are the ones that really bolt out and become developed economies. Uh, in South Africa, we are shying away from that. So what we hope is that the president um, will be single-minded 
um, single-mindedly focus on implementing those policies that already exist, uh, which will inspire confidence in the SME sector, um, including, for example, ensuring that they are paid on time, ensuring that um, they are integrated into the supply chains of large corporations, uh, including accessing capital and properly capitalizing those institutions that are created to give access to capital to SMEs. Mm. Inside one instance being the MEF. Uh, you know, the post-1994 um, environment should be very proud of the MEF because among the DFIs, it is the only institution that was created. DFIs? DFIs? Uh, being the development finance institutions, ah, such okay. as the IDC, such as yes. the IDC. Yes. Um, the other DPSA, IDC, were created by apartheid government, um, and they are properly capitalized, um, and they get all the attention. The NEF, which is creation of uh, post-democratic uh, South Africa, um, or post-apartheid democratic South Africa um, is undercapitalized, yet it is the one that is singularly focused on ensuring inclusivity in the national economy as well as funding SMEs. So that's very important uh, because you can romanticize and, and argue to cat come home about what are the impediments to SME. Is access to capital, is poor access to, to, to markets, um, access to supply chains, payments on time. So if you address those simple issues, yes. uh, you'll stimulate employment in this country like we've never seen before. A big, um, yeah. A, a big conversation. I'm sorry, Sandila. I'm just wanting to move on to the next issue that I really would like your thoughts on. A big conversation at the moment uh, in South Africa are the woes, the difficulties that perhaps very large businesses are experiencing at the moment, particularly those that are owned by the state, uh, the dearth of leadership in those businesses. We are seeing uh, SOEs under a lot of pressure, some uh, re- re- resigning, some um, ill, some threatening to resign. Resign. What should the president do and say about that sector uh, and how, how would what you suggest he should say uh, help uh, the economy? I, th- I think John put it very nicely. That uh, brings certainty. Um, the fact that they are mostly undercapitalized and the fact that the Minister of Finance was allowed to say before he injects further capital into those SOEs, he wants some kind of uh, what you call CROs, Chief Restructuring Officers. Yes. Um, and in the interim, whilst those CROs are not appointed, it means those SOEs um, labor under um, the threat of extinction um, because they are grossly undercapitalized. So provide certainty, and if you are the president, don't allow um, social experiments um, on national assets. Um, and, and, and basically stick to the nitty. Let, 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 me, let, let, me, let me just uh, zoom in on what you've just said now, Sandile. The idea of social experience, experiments uh, on, uh, used on, 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 the, on the back of SOEs. One of the things that constantly comes out is the issue of saying that, one, these 
SOEs are not undercapitalized. Uh, What's happening there is that uh, funds are being uh, mismanaged and therefore misused and therefore the funds that should be running those organizations and and bringing some sort or some sort of return on investment uh, is is not happening precisely because of bad management of those funds. Uh, how how do you uh, answer to that? If if the understanding from your side is that they are underfunded. Secondly, well, okay. So let's let's. Where does it start? It starts with the government making policy choices. Yes. Um. If these were my own businesses, possibly I would have cut down staff quite dramatically. Um, I would have possibly repositioned them. But these are state-owned enterprises, and therefore policy is determined and set elsewhere. Um, if once you have decided that SAPC, you cannot restructure, you cannot cut down staff, then that issue of the undercapitalized, you know, they're not fit for the purpose. Uh, that uh, the policy sets them to. Um, you know, the government has made... But then isn't, isn't there something wrong with that policy? Yeah, of course the policies are wrong. I mean, there's no question about it. There, there's no question about it. I mean, if you look at uh, um, evidence is there that ESCOM of 20 years was possibly three times more productive than the ESCOM of today. Uh, the number of uh, employees have burgeoned uh, over the time. Um, but, I mean, the hands of management is tight uh, because it is the ruling party which determines policy and says you shall not retrench. They will not retrench, but then the reality that comes afterwards is then we are undercapitalized. Yeah. All right. All right. No, no I, I, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. John, uh, the issue of social exper- experiments being uh, played out on the state-owned enterprises and the very interesting word comes to mind as I listen to Sandile speak, this whole idea of a developmental state and the developmental uh, mandate for SOEs, which is sometimes interpreted as, uh, you know, the fiscus will keep pumping money into these organizations. They don't have to be self-sufficient. They have to employ people. They don't have to be run using um, first business principles, as Sandile suggested, that if it was his business, he'd be running it in a particular way. To what extent are these ideas that perhaps some people may argue are ideological in nature but have no real uh, connection to the practical realities of business, to what extent should that be something that the president uh, needs to be talking about and changing in his speech? Aubrey, can I come in here? Sure. Yeah, so I'm quite nervous about uh, this uh, idea of CROs, and I've expressed this in the past, that it is... um, it's a very nice idea to say, especially if you have a serial offender like uh, South African Airways, which keeps on coming to the state every other year uh, for another bailout, another guarantee, another injection, but there is no progress, uh, right? However, you, you know, for, for me, what worries me is the reporting line. What, what is the governance of this? Uh, how is this uh, accounted for in the Companies Act, for yeah. example? Uh, who do they report to? Who hires them? So the only clarity that we have is, insofar as uh, ESCOM is concerned, we now know from the Minister of Finance 
that he and the Minister of Public Enterprises are going to appoint the Chief Restructuring Officer of ESCOM, right? I don't know who's going to appoint the CRO for SABC. I don't know who's going to appoint the CRO for mm. FAA, right? And who do they report to? Do they report to the board or do they report to the ministers uh, themselves? And what is the role of the board? Now, in ESCOM's case, it's, even, it's making me even more nervous because in theory, at least, according to what the president has told us, ESCOM has to be split into three uh, uh, subsidiaries. So you are creating three layers of bureaucracy. There will be the holding board, and then there will be three boards of transmission, uh, distribution, and generation, uh, right? Mm-hmm. What is the accountability framework of all these boards? And between now and when these boards are set up and the split happens, you're going to have a festival of uh, consultants, auditors, yeah. uh, accountants, lawyers. Um, what work will be happening in fixing the crisis, in ensuring that there is generation, there, there is enough uh, energy in the country? That worries me a great deal. So, in a way, I agree with uh, uh, Sanjil when he says uh, that th- these are too important uh, to to be subject of uh, social experimentation, or in this case, maybe ex- uh, economic experimentation uh, with these models. Yeah. Sandile, we, we, we have a crisis in the uh, youth employment um, strata of society. Uh, some, and I know that John Lulu is probably one of those people, given what he has written in his article today, that this needs to be declared an issue of national uh, emergency. What do you think the president needs to say about youth employment and where we find ourselves with regards to that? Well, there's no question about it, that um, the, the, the crisis that we face as a country um, insofar as young people have been unemployed, including those that have gone to university, got um, previously much sought after degrees, but they're unemployed. Um, that crisis that is staring at us um, could be the single largest source of social instability in this country. Um, let's not um, understate the, 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 the seriousness of this crisis. Yeah. Um, there's a number of initiatives that have been uh, the, that have come up in the recent past, like the Yes um, Youth Employment um, I think Scheme, Yes Initiative, which was spearheaded by uh, the BLSA. Um, I'm not so sure to what extent it is understood by commerce and industry. Uh, I'm not so sure as to its efficacy, and I'm not even sure how prone it is to being a, a mass-based kind of initiative rather than an elitist initiative to be tapped into by those who are in the know. Yeah. Um, what we need in this country is a, a mass program for youth employment. Um, and basically, we, we are very reluctant as a treasury, as SARS, to come up with incentives, uh, meaningful incentives, that um, those who are in business can look at and say, actually, they are very compelling. And if I want to tap into this, uh, I must do what is required of me. And, and I think you need to come up with such 
really dramatic needle moving in at the schemes or, mm. or incentives to persuade business to create employment. Now, there's an opportunity here that uh, the Minister of, of, of Communications has um, to, to really, as, as John says, uh, in, the, in the near future, um, speed up the unlocking of high-speed telecom spectrum. Yes. Um, because most young people are very innovative, are enterprising, and uh, they want to play in the fourth industrial revolution space. But that requires spectrum, that requires access to, to data, um, and it must be affordable, uh, if not cheap. Um, but at the moment, we have a big gold mine that we are not mining, um, called uh, f- uh, the spectrum. Uh, so because that, if, that is, um, if that is unlocked and young people are given access to capital and to play in the space, I think some magic will happen. But if, if the if, African National Congress, John Ludlu, is contemplating giving people such as Faith Mutambi a position as a chair of a portfolio committee who was uh, single-handedly responsible for not activating what Sandile is talking about, this gold mine called Spectrum, against the uh, demands or admonitions of her own party. Uh, what can the president say that is convincing uh, to young people that this gold mine, as Sandile Zungu is uh, is calling it is actually going to be used and secondly john for you um, the whole education conversation many people suggesting that uh, the the curriculum the uh, the educational institutions of this country have long lost connection and relevance to uh, what the commercial world needs in fact that was echoed by kalima mutlande in his uh, speech the other day when he was talking about uh, the fourth industrial revolution to say that Perhaps some of the degrees that are, are being uh, achieved by our young people have become obsolete. The information that they have is of a bygone era. Uh, how do we then uh, uh, take advantage of these gold mines if, one, the very people that are supposed to make sure that these gold mines are accessed are still going to be put back into power when they've clearly uh, missed the boat as far as that one is concerned? And, of course, that disconnect between the academic world and the commercial world. You know, Aubrey, thank you so much for this question. So I had a very frightening, uh, it's a a good and bad uh, thing to say, that the most connected um, uh, piece of uh, real estate in South Africa from a bandwidth point of view is Soe to Villagazi Street. Yeah. And and this happened by accident, not uh, because it was a public policy issue. So that's quite frightening. And then uh, two months ago, we had uh, how uh, the current duopoly of um, telecoms in, in, in the country, the two largest mobile companies, are facing their, their customers here versus the other markets they're operating uh, outside South Africa and across the world. Uh, so this is quite frightening. So as far as the, 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 the appointments of the president, you know, he has the right as does the ruling party of the ANC. The ANC. Um, so you are referring to Faith Mutabi, for yes. example, uh, the former minister who couldn't get us um, 
the migration on time. Yeah. Continuously missed, missed all the deadlines. She, she refused. Uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think you're being kind when you say she couldn't. She refused to. Even when yeah, her uh, own party, the ANC, said do it, she said no. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping two things happen there. The first one is that uh, when there is deviation from the ruling party policies, that there is action. That applies to also the ministers, the newly appointed ministers. So, for example, uh, we have a new minister of uh, small business development. Um, it applies across to all of them that they are given instructions by the president and key performance indicators. But when there is no action, um, I think he must exercise his right and prerogative as the president to remove them. So the second thing about the connection between the world of work and the education uh, system is this is another crisis. But it's one of the far longer-term issues that, as a country, we need to be addressing. What, what are we... Um, so, so for me, I think the more urgent issue now is to ensure that the, the Minister of Labor and Employment and the Minister of Science and Technology and Higher Education work hand-in-hand, probably with the economic cluster ministers, to ensure that there is a social cushion for what happens uh, when the fourth industrial revolution uh, kicks in in its full impact, because it's currently happening right now. Of course. John, I've got got to stop you there, because we've run out of time, and I want to ask the final question to Sandy Lezungu. But, uh, John, I want to thank you very much for your time, sir. I'm hoping uh, we can get together again uh, to discuss some of these pertinent issues. I really appreciate your time, sir. Thanks for inviting me. John Lulu, Executive for Strategy and Public Affairs at the Small Business Institute. Sandile, all of these things that uh, you and John have been talking about are, are very important and they promise to have a very, very positive impact on, uh, on the economy should they be, one, spoken of and implemented. But of course, President Jake, I mean... President Cyril uh, Ramaphosa is a political animal. He belongs to a political party that um, that has some very difficult fissures at the moment, uh, and 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 uh, infighting taking place at the moment. He is uh, dealing with a situation where there is um, some global economic issues. Um, I can mention quite a few, but uh, I suppose the uh, the so-called trade war between the United States and China uh, has a lot of weight on us as a country. How does the president apply and deploy the resources of this country in the ways that you've been suggesting when, one, there are a lot of people within his own party that seem to be uh, perhaps not uh, in line with what he wants to do? How does he do it as a political animal? Well, you'll be very surprised, Aubrey, that uh, there's a, a huge space of um, congruence, even among um, the warring, for lack of a better word, uh, factions within the ruling party. Um, I think there's common cause um, that, you know, as an ease must be the cornerstone and the, the focus. Um, there's common cause that you need to develop township economies and ensure that uh, you enhance the growth of capital in black hands um, and ensure that young people can walk to work uh, because offices and light industries will be in the township. Uh, there's common cause that um, mining 
um, it remains not it's not a sunset industry. Um, it remains a sunshine industry in this country. Um, that uh, there's huge demand for our resources. Uh, you need to beneficiate those resources in South Africa, and the laws are there. Uh, but what it really requires is um, courage on the part of the president. Um, and single-minded determination to see through the implementation. Yeah. He missed an opportunity, in my opinion, um, to appoint a business person uh, as a minister in in the presidency. Sandile, let me let me let me let me, let me stop let me stop you there. So we've completely run out of time, but I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to the next conversation we'll have. Sandile Zungu is president of the Business Council. Your thoughts on this? I'm going to take a break. When I come back, Matthew Park.